Hey ladies, I receive lots of messages about how to work with me. Outside of classes and calls, I streamline my services through Patreon at CoachJoyce.com. I have six membership packages that range in commitment time and investment costs, so you can find the one that fits your needs the best. If you need a little support, I'd recommend Agape Love Lady for 19 bucks a month, where I'd see you once a month. If you're looking to take the Match Mary Mate course, look for the Pragma Love Lady package. It's $99 a month as long as you're enrolled. You'll also have digital resources, video trainings, coaching content, and other course materials and more. If this sounds like something you want, be sure to join today because I'd love to have you. Visit CoachJoyce.com to get started because I want to see your face in the place. All right, ladies, you can now access my class, Nurturing My Self-Esteem, as a five-hour digital mini course in six lessons that covers your inner woman, high self-esteem, three elements of self-image, and the energy work you'll need for boosting your self-esteem. As we usher in a new year, it's the perfect time to give yourself stillness and quietness with intention on your self and spirit work. Grab the mini course for only 139 bucks using the special link in the show notes of this episode or by visiting matchmarymate.com slash begin. Lovebugs, welcome to another episode of the Match Mary Mate Show, where I discuss topics and issues to support Black women with self-love, femininity, and womanhood and their own personal love lives. I'm your host, your girl, Joyce Robinson Myers, and you're listening to our last episode of the year titled 2023 Black Love Wrapped. I started this podcast this year. So for this to be the last one of the year, it's a little special to me. As a reminder, season three will start the new year off on Friday, January 5th, 2024. But for now, let's enjoy finishing 2023 with a bang. We have Kaidi and I as co-hosts giving our opinions, both personal and professional, about 10 unforgettable moments in Black culture on dating, relationships, marriage, or family that we've selected for you. While we mostly agree on these kinds of topics, we part ways on a story or two, so you'll hear us playfully box it out with each other as well. As a 2023 wrap, I want to send a final best wishes and congratulations to our four Match Mary Mate brides who married this year. I also have a handful of clients who started preparing for engagement, and I'm also looking forward to your 2024 proposals, and a few more whose dating relationships became exclusive relationships. So many blessings and Black love to you. Of course, this episode is for Black people in general, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, love bugs. 
and happy New Year's Eve 2023. Today, I'm co-hosting, but before my co-host comes on, I have a few things to share with you. Kylie and I wanted to keep the show fun and festive, so we're inviting you to play with us. As a Gemini, I love to play. And as a lover girl archetype, Kylie loves an experience. So we dove into those parts of our personality. We hope to create a playful experience for you as you listen. For each story, and remember, we have 10, we'll judge each one as either messy, and you'll hear this sound effect. Or as magical, and you'll hear this sound effect. As you listen to our takes on each story, either decide for yourself if it's messy or magical, or see if you can guess the one we chose. Also, we thought it would be fun to guess the female or feminine archetype of each woman we cover just for kicks and giggles. In transparency, we did not guess the woman in our first story. On the professional side, both Kylie and I knew her profile and stated it for the record. But for all others, we combined our professional backgrounds, knowledge of archetypes, and used our own female intuition to land on the archetype or the archetype combo that we chose. Funny enough, we had complete alignment on our decisions, and we didn't pre-decide them. So you get to enjoy our thoughts in real time. I have our resident blogger and therapist in the building, the one and only Kaidi Rodriguez. Hey, hey, hey. I love that introduction, Joyce. I'm the I'm the resident blogger and therapist now. <laughs> okay, I just came up with that. Thank you. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but Joyce is over there dancing and whatnot. <laughs> we have 10 unforgettable stories to share with you as we wrap up Black Love Topics from 2023. We're showcasing each story in order that it happened throughout the year, starting in February 2023. Sorry, January, not much was giving in your month. <laughs> and closing in December 2023. So kicking off our winter segment, we're going to dive right in in February with Rihanna's pregnancy announcement at the 57th Super Bowl halftime show. Now, if you've been following my work, you know all about the FYF woman. FYF stands for feminine yet firm. If you wanna hear more about that, check out pop-up number one, Fun Girl Summer episode. Rihanna is certainly a match Mary May FYF woman. And so it's only fitting to start our 2023 Black Love Rap Show with her. So this woman used the Super Bowl stage, one of the most watched sporting events, to not only perform and get her coin, but to announce her second pregnancy to the world. As of today, her Super Bowl performance is the most watched of all time with over 121 million views. Now, Kaidi, I know how much you love Rihanna and I know how excited you were. Yes. Not just the announcement, but for her performance as well. So 
How did you feel watching the show? How did you feel when you realized she Mm -hmm. was actually giving us an announcement by way of the baby bump? Give us the things. Right, right. I was so excited and hyped and, and just proud of her. You know, I saw it and I'm like, okay I'm looking she has the the big coat on and I don't know if she took it off or opened it up and I'm like is she pregnant and then I go and I run to my phone to jump on social media to see if everyone else is seeing what I'm seeing and okay she is pregnant and I thought it was just such an empowering moment for women you know to see a woman on that stage both getting her coin and carrying life at the same time. It's like, what can we not do? But then on a different level, a deeper level, I felt like she gave us just enough to go get her check, to make us proud, but she wasn't overdoing it. And that's not a, you know, any kind of a downplay to her performance. But I think so often women, Black women in particular, we work ourselves almost to death to prove a point. Mm. And Rihanna's like, my point has been proven, you know? I'm a billionaire and I'm pregnant on this stage. So I'm going to twerk here and there and then I'm going to go sit down. So I'm like, yes, you know, you are enough and I'm so proud of you. So I was, I mean, that was definitely a highlight for the year for me. I mean, she started the year. February was a really good high for the Black community in general, not just Rihanna, but it definitely made me proud. I love that she didn't overdo it either. At some Mm -hmm. point, right before she announced, I was thinking, is she injured or is she pregnant? Like, why does it feel like she's not... (laughs) giving it the usual Rihanna energy. And as I'm sitting there right. trying to figure it out, I, I think she like opened her coat or something, but she gave mm-hmm. us a flash and, and before right. it like remained and you're like, oh, we don't right. have to wonder anymore. We know exactly what she's doing. Right. And I was jumping up like, I knew it, I knew it. Like I knew it had to be something, but you're mm-hmm. right. It made me instantly proud to go. This woman is, I don't know, maybe visibly, four or five, no more than six Mm -hmm. months pregnant at the time. And she's decided the pregnancy won't be a reason I don't show up. I'm going to work and do what I got to do. But also the fact that I have agreed to do this gig, because I'm pretty sure the agreement was in order before she became pregnant, or at least knew of it, is not going to hurt my pregnancy or my health or my body. I can show up honor my contractual agreements as a businesswoman Mm -hmm. and take care of my body as a woman and take care of my unborn baby as a mother Mm -hmm. for all the reasons. Yes, Rihanna, yes. (laughs) Right, right. I think she was the epitome of how women can be all things, whatever you need to be in that moment. As a woman, she was able to be it and she did it her way and it was amazing. It was amazing. Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. We are Black women who care about marriage. Mm-hmm. We are marriage-minded. You're on your right. 100 dates of Houston in order to find the love of your life and marry him. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a married woman. So do we care that Rihanna is not married? She's partnered. 
She has her mm -hmm. two babies, but she isn't married. Do we care? So I'm glad that you prefaced it with that, that we, you know, we are marriage minded and we care about marriage um, because that is where I typically stand. You know, I, I very much am a proponent of marriage. But in this case, <laughs> I don't blame Rihanna. I mean, when you become a billionaire, you know, many things change. When we look at other female billionaires, I mean, Oprah would be our only other reference in the Black community that we know of well. But once you reach a certain financial bracket, not only are the options in terms of men who make more than you, there, there's there's just less for someone like Rihanna. It might be less of a financial necessity for someone like her than it would be for the average person. And for her, like, I don't care. Like, you know, she gets to do what, what's going to be best for her and her family. I don't care. Do you care? <laughs> not so much. I know. Mm -hmm. We have um, this phrasing in the Black community where it's seeming like we are more mothers than we are wives, prioritizing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's to prioritize motherhood above wifehood mm -hmm. or if that's just mm -hmm. to say we're the group not requiring rings before we mm -hmm. spit out babies. So mm -hmm. I know that like dark cloud kind of rests on us. And it can yeah. be bothersome sometimes as a Black woman to be like, oh, another somebody else right. pregnant and they not married, you know, that depending on the issue, it could be. And so right. I just thought about that as it related to her. And I'm like, why? I don't know that I'm, I didn't have that initial reaction of like nervousness or embarrassment when it came to her. Mm -hmm. I found myself mm -hmm. applauding. So that's why I asked. Right. I think the reason is we we don't have that feeling for hers because we know Rihanna is in charge of that decision. Like if she wanted to be married tomorrow, I'm sure she would be. Whereas when we look at the statistics, I think the statistics reflect the fact that many Black women do desire to be married, but for all of the different reasons, are not or cannot. And that's the part that that is that is frustrating. But we know if Rihanna wanted to be married, she would be married. It's the idea that maybe a man is actively withholding it. Where in Rihanna's case, it's like we all know if she wanted it, she would be. So mm -hmm. we're good. The man is actively withholding it or that the man is just not there. Like the options are just not there. Okay. I can roll with that. Mm -hmm. All right. So Rihanna, you get the pass, girl. <laughs> Rihanna and her pregnancy announcement was absolutely magical. Magical. <laughs> we love it. We love to see it. She's like an alter ego in my mind. Like when mm -hmm. I'm dating I'm thinking of what Rihanna do. How would Rihanna handle this? Because she gives off a sense of, I could care less about whether you approve of what I'm doing or not. And I think that's part of what her power is, that she's so grounded in who she is and what she wants and is able to throw other people's opinions aside. And through that, she finds her power. She found, finds her voice, her creativity. I love to do my research on feminine archetypes. And one of the classes that I took, uh, the person who presented the class said that she believes that Rihanna fits into the, the maiden slash gaming um, archetype because she has this kind of youthfulness about her like we see this kind of teenage aspect I mean, of this teenage rebel that comes out of her when she's like I'm gonna do what I'm gonna want to do and I don't care what anyone uh says or, or feels about it and I didn't expect her to fall into that maiden category um but when they broke it down in that sense of like she's a rebel she's a 
uh, has this young, youthful energy that rebels. It made sense to me. Uh, what do you think? I would have said made in two for the same reasons. Okay. Um, okay. Same reasons. Yeah. There's a little innocence there too. I get the rebellion, but she comes off as unassuming. Not, mm. not like she knows as much as she does. Not like she can handle mm. as much as she can. And she gives very like youthful, not quite fully arrived vibes, even though we all know she has. And she uses it right. to her, to her advantage. Like Dolly Parton. Dolly yeah, is like yeah. the queen of, I will take that stereotype, or in this case, maybe mm-hmm. an archetype, and play it up to my advantage. Transitioning to our spring 2023 segment, we have the Would You Date a Bus Driver viral clip between Ebony Williams and Iyanla Van Zant. All right. So the backdrop, we have Iyanla Van Zant, you know, our favorite spiritual advisor, <laughs> auntie, grandma, however you want to refer to her, Miss Iyanla. And she was interviewing Ebony. And in the interview, she asked Ebony, would you date a bus driver? And Ebony, you know, an attorney, former attorney, media personality, says, if he owns it, I would date the bus driver. And so Iyanla thought that was problematic. And, you know, a whole social media discourse ensued after that. Now, my position is that I do not have a problem with a Black woman saying what her preference is. If she, if it doesn't make sense for her, and Joyce did some research, Ebony's uh, net worth is is $3 million, right? So if it doesn't make sense for her and what her goals are to date a man who drives the bus, then that is her prerogative. We all have to choose what works best for us. But what I didn't like and what I, you know, went and did a whole blog post about was her follow-up. So following all the discourse, she went and kind of doubled down and tried to clarify her position and doubled down on what she said. And some of the things that she said were just plain nasty and elitist, right? So she said, quote, you know, a bus owner is a more aspirational position. But if a Black boy, Black kid is making C's or D's or any other form of mediocrity, that is not okay. Average, regular, and typical is just not okay for us. And the, the, the notion that it is, is white supremacy. And then she closed her statement and saying, average is not and will never be enough for me. And I don't think it will ever be good enough for you either. And the tone in which she talked about these people who were average, whether it be the person making C's or D's or the bus driver, there was such a tone of elitism. And most of what she was referencing was, you know, what uh, financial assets. So anytime we start to associate our worth and value with what we have, you know, monetarily, we start to get into this kind of elitist attitude. And that is the most white supremacist driven mindset that there is, Mm. this notion that I'm better than because I'm above average. And, you know, as I said in my blog, the average person is average, not how we want to go about seeing each other and dealing with each other as Black people. Ebony's saying she wants a man with a similar or higher socioeconomic and educational background, I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't think that a woman should be penalized for her preference either, but I didn't appreciate the delivery. Now, I didn't follow the rabbit hole, so I didn't Mm -hmm. watch those follow-ups, but just in the interview with 
Auntie Iyanla, I'm like, why is she giving off so much attitude, so much right. uppityness? I'm, you know, I'm better than. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to date a bus driver, girl, don't date a bus driver, but don't make it, don't deliver it in a way where it seems like something is wrong with the bus driver. I think the official term for marrying or relating to someone of a superior status is hypergamy. And mm -hmm. listen, y'all, this is an age old practice. And I don't think that women should be crucified for wanting to marry that way. Right. But again, keeping in mind how we, our tone, how we deliver things, our messaging, and what are you making that mean? That's that's the very mindset that reinforces white supremacy and capitalism. You know, that's their stuff. You know, that's that's all their stuff that we're internalizing. She's not realizing she's internalizing those same values. African and Eastern values are more around being and nature and right. valuing life. Right. But we're, what she's essentially talking about is valuing money, which I ain't gonna lie. It is valuable. We need mm -hmm. it to survive. But we, we have to know how to operate in the system without internalizing the system. And I think Ebony is internalizing the system. So mm -hmm. I didn't dig around too much because y'all know I like my life more than I like celebrities. But <laughs> what I did find out was her ex-fiance was a managing director um, of a private equity partnership living in like a $2 million home. Okay. So I doubt she's looking for less than that. Like, let's just start with where she left off. Right. Like, so a bus driver, probably not. What I don't like is when people try to make it seem like there's something wrong with considering economics and finances in light of marriage or marriage. Right, right, right. I, I don't know that she wants a baby at this age, but at least marriage, because it is a fact of life. And nobody out here is choosing or signing up for a less quality of life, given that they have complete control over the outcomes. Why are we getting married if it's going to, the quality is going to be lesser than? <laughs> right. I don't like how people try to paint Black women negatively for that. So some of mm -hmm. the comments that I was saying, I'm like, well, she's not wrong for considering it. Right. I also want to add a little research. <laughs> So here's this, this little persnickety thing in the Black community. Usually when we're talking about gender, it is the woman who's going to say, I'm looking for financial stability. Mm -hmm. Not that a man isn't, but usually that's going to be what a woman says. In the Black community, both our men and women say that. So both black when they are surveyed, when they're questioned, when they're interviewed, the but the um, participant responses in so much research literature is how much economics matters, and both male and female report that. That um, is interesting, and you would you this is the research you're doing, right? So this is this is this is why you're here. <laughs> so this, this is why research. I'm here. So I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying that that in other communities, it's usually the woman that's focused on the financial resource and economic stability. But if you question black men and black women, both parties will say that uh, financial stability is important for them. Both partners say they're looking for that. Hmm. So that's interesting. And not to spend too much time on this, but, you know, in some of these some of the coaching circles and just, again, more discourse there 
is black women are often kind of what's the word given a little slap on the wrist for defining ourselves by what we bring to the table in terms of education and finances and um you know with houses and whatnot saying that men are not interested in in those things but based off of the research that you're saying at least black men are you know interested in some of those things in terms of partner selection they want to know that in marrying there's going to be more financial stability Hmm. in most cases sometimes it includes the lower class but it is mostly combined of the working and middle class. Once we get to upper class, it changes a little bit. <laughs> so that's mm. a different dynamic. But okay, gotcha. um, that is a distinction. And mm-hmm. we do have systemic reasons for why that's the case, right? Like when Black people right. make moves, no matter what, we mm-hmm. want to understand how our money is going to be impacted. And in doing that, we're trying to not lose what we have and gain more of what we want. Mm. It feels like Auntie Iyala is talking about money and character and Ebony is talking about status and class. So I think they weren't even having the same conversation, but the clip is a good medium for black women to become more clear about their values, what they're looking mm-hmm. for in a partner and why. Right. So I have some questions, it's food for thought to just leave with you all. So my first one is, what distinctions do you make between earning power and class Someone could be rich, but still not in the same class as you. So this is a good opportunity to see if you determine that money and the kind of life that it can give you is more of a value for you, or if the social package of pedigree, education, wealth, and et cetera comes Mm -hmm. with that. And then two, do you have a class or income bar that someone must meet for you to seriously consider them as a partner? Do you, Katie? I don't. That's not to say that I don't take that into consideration, but I don't have a set number or a set education level. Um, I, I I look at all things considered, you know, where they're going, where they've been, but I don't have a set number. Mess or magical? <laughs> I, I'm going to go with that was messy. <gasps> Just because her just her attitude about it all was just ooh, it just really left a nasty taste in our mouth. And now, and Joyce can attest to this. Whenever I see Ebony says something, I I, I just go the other way just because of who the messenger is. I don't care what the message is at this point. <laughs> if Ebony says it, I'm against it. <laughs> you even shared a clip with me that you agreed with and was like, I may have to change up my position now that Ebony said. It. Not because, you know, Black women should get what they want and get everything that they want, but it's the attitude that we have. One of my values is kindness, and I just don't get the sense that Ebony is very kind, at least not the public persona that she puts out. All right, Ebony, you got a messy from us in 2023. (laughs) Now, where are we going with feminine archetype? Huntress, maybe? That's where I was leaning. Really? Okay. Okay. I I was just, that was just a wild guess, but I feel like her sense of I'm going to go after what I want and need. And sometimes that some, a lot of times women who identify as huntress 
may struggle more in partnership because there's more of a focus on myself, my goals, my vision, and I'm going to do what I need to do to get there. And I think Ebony actually said in one of the interviews that I saw her, she said she is not meant for marriage or something to that degree. Um, She's been married before. Marriage is not for her. That was what she said. That was in her uh, interview with the doctor, Raquel, I think her name was. Dr. 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 Martin, yes. Yeah, Dr. Raquel Martin. Uh, she said marriage is not meant for her. So, and I'm thinking that could be because she has more of that independent, I'm going to do what I want and go after my goal and my way and whatnot. And, you know, more power to you. Well, listen, I can't, I can't let Huntress take a bad rep just because of Ebony. Archetype. Huntress is my secondary archetype and okay. I'm married, but I do have to contend with that part of my personality in order Mm -hmm. to be married. So I understand it, but don't be making it seem like just because you huntress, marriage is going to be difficult. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) But but you're also more balanced in a number of the archetypes, right? Like that's the thing. When we lean too heavy in one direction and we don't, you know, bring up the energy in other areas, it can be problematic. Just like if I lean too heavy in lover, (laughs) it's going to be problematic. (laughs) We have to balance ourselves out, right? (laughs) Yes, as you so beautifully pinned for us on your blog. (laughs) Brianna and Ebony and Auntie Iyala are going to wrap up our winter and spring relationship hot takes. Now let's move Mm -hmm. into the summer with Kiki Palmer and the father of her child and the Usher concerts. (laughs) What's his name? (laughs) What's his name? We don't What's know his name. name. He just going to be Kiki Palmer. I don't even want to say baby daddy because it sounds bad. But y'all know who we're talking so about. It's so funny. This is coming off of the heels of essentially would a woman date down financially? And I think that's what's happening with Kiki. Yeah. Don't get me started on why marrying down is not good. I don't. I wouldn't say that it's good for any woman. You read the research literature enough. But for Black women... Absolutely not. A lot of the research mm. says we lose money in doing that. And maybe, oh my gosh, we're starting to find a trend. We said, okay, to Rihanna not being married because she's a billionaire. Then we get on <laughs> Ebony for being elitist and uppity in her decision. And now we're at Kiki. <laughs> Cautionary tale, don't marry slash partner down. Okay, I don't want the feminists and the female empowerment people to come for me. I am more modest than many modern women. So I wouldn't have been grinding or gyrating on Usher with an audience, single or partnered, and definitely not partnered. I know, I know many women in the name of empowerment and feminism do not feel that way, and I respect Mm -hmm. it, but it's just not how I would have acted. Now that said, I don't like how he responded. I don't like how he tried to add weight to their relationship that isn't there to like penalize her more. So these are not people who are married. He is not her husband. She is not Mm -hmm. his wife. And I don't know what their agreements are are for how they're going to behave around, I guess, the other gender or just in different ways when they are apart from each other. So I'm going to let that be their business. But He did make a post saying, you know, you're a wife and a mother, as Mm -hmm. if putting those two titles together 
would give him more weight, give him more authority to call her out for it and right. add more to the quote unquote shame she should have felt. And I read that and I was like, no, wait a minute though, but you're not nobody's, you ain't made nobody your wife. Mm-hmm. So why are you using that? Not a I, husband. Right. And so <laughs> I took issue with, you're only using that to claim more authority than you have and to mm-hmm. shame her more to just shame her at all. She shouldn't have been shamed, I don't think. My thing was the public shame. If you two are a unit, if you two are, you know, in partnership, then you present a unified front to the public and you handle that, you know, in private. But also I think you know the person that you are partnered with, right? You know, Kiki, this did it didn't surprise me that she was up there with Usher, you know, doing whatever oh, she was doing what she was wearing. This is Kiki Palmer. She's a she's an entertainer. She's a jokester. And more recently, we've seen her being just more sexy and all of that. And so you know the woman that you're with. Let's not start crucifying her all of a sudden because she is walking in that and and it starts to it starts to look questionable for you. It starts to bring shame upon you in some way for whatever reason. This is who she's always been. And so for him to try to then kind of turn and and, and shame her for it, I think is, is problematic. Yeah, later in the fall, there were disputes and reports right. that I don't know enough to comment on, so I won't. But I will right. say that those summer events raised my spotty senses where I started wondering, like, could there be forms of abuse or violence? Mm-hmm. And so those fall time reports were definitely not surprising. But listen, Kiki, let me tell you something, girl. We got ready to go see Usher. And my husband was like, so let's sit down and have a little talk about how we going to act when <laughs> I take you to see Usher. I was like, don't don't have Kiki messing nothing up for me. I'm I'm from Atlanta. I'm probably going to like Usher more than Kiki like Usher. But there was whole conversations. And I was getting sent um, Instagram and TikTok links of men or husbands making spoof videos with their wives about how we going to act to go see Usher. So, girl, don't be messing it up for us now, okay? (laughs) Usher effect. Listen, Usher, Usher would cause some problems. I saw him a little bit before you saw him. And I, th- I told you in the Facebook group, I had a dream about Usher the night after his concert. He, Usher lives in my subconscious. He just brings things out of you. <laughs> Funny enough, um, one of my clients who absolutely loves your blog, she self-identifies as a lover girl. And that is where mm-hmm. she makes her emotional connections with you while reading the blog. We <laughs> met with her the night before we went to the show. Mm-hmm. And I made that joke. And she said, oh, honey, listen, that concert is so sensual and so sexy. Be Mm -hmm. happy you coming with a man because I had to find something to do with all that energy when I got done. (laughs) And I thought that's just a single woman talking. Child, (laughs) I got to that concert and I was like, oh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I should have started up some good energy for you, sir. Pretty much. <laughs> Let's thank Usher. How about that? <laughs> we gonna thank Usher. I asked um, my husband. I said, "Hey, can we go see Usher again at the half, the Super Bowl, the halftime show?" He said, "Depend on how you act for this one." So I <laughs> acted good. I'm trying to see Usher at the Super Bowl again, y'all. 
Okay. So how are we closing this story, Cardi? This is messy, right? You need to leave. This is messy. Kiki, we think you magical, though. The way she is is handling it, I think, is magical. Absolutely. Um, I, we don't know what her private mental battles and spiritual battles are, but on a public front, she's handling it quite magically. I agree. If I had to just go with one, I'm going to go with wild. The wild woman. I didn't even think about it. I was going through them in my mind. Okay. I could see that. I could definitely see that. She, wild woman came out on the stage or was that the lover that came out on the stage I'm like I'm t- yeah that's where I'm oscillating wild and lover maybe we can just put them together but she she definitely gives wild vibes she's out there not in a bad mm-hmm. way but just like her personality yeah. is big and bold and she will put it right in front of you and right. look at you like what you expect me to do with it right right mm-hmm. I can see that I like that for August we have Sierra and Russell Wilson in their baby announcement. So on Instagram, you know, Sierra debuted this black and white video that was actually shot by Russell. And she was, that was her pregnancy announcement. And um, also the announcement, I think for the song, How We Roll, the song she uh, did with with Chris Brown. And I was just so blessed by that video. (laughs) I was blessed by the announcement um, and I'm blessed by them as a couple. I am not a person that is being on relationship goals at all, looking at celebrities and making them relationship goals. But for me, they are an inspiration. I think because when you see the way they interact with one another, I get the sense that there really is a certain kindness that is extended between the two of them. And what I really like is that he allows her to be her mm-hmm. without trying to put her into a box, kind of the opposite of what was happening with Kiki. Um, And, you know, Joyce, when the video came out in my own personal journey, you know, there were some things I was going through in terms of, am I going to be able to find a Christian man? And, you know, my therapist had told me that, you know, I would be hard pressed to find a Christian man who also can uphold some of my feminist values or pseudo feminist values and would value women. And here we have this example of, you know, Russell being a Christian man and Sierra being an artist and entertainer and performer. And he's received a lot of backlash in the past about, you know, things that she wears and her baby daddy and all those things. But he's been 100 percent supportive of her throughout the years. And to see her give him another baby, I'm like, yes, if if I could find a man like that. I'd give him all the babies he wanted that I could provide <laughs> as well. <laughs> so I was very happy to see that. Yeah. Okay. So Sierra is another FYF woman, y'all. So of course we are cheering and rooting for Sierra. A few years ago, y'all all went crazy about her prayer. <laughs> <laughs> and then Viola get, you know, came out with her memoir talking about her prayer. Now y'all was out trying to pray to get Julius. So whether it's Russell, whether it's Julius, yes, Black women, we love to see just them loved on so well and can be loved on in their artistry. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because not for nothing, but Sierra had a little risque dress on this year too. No different than what Kiki was wearing, I think, Mm -hmm. at the Usher concert. But Russell was right there like, what? He... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yeah, she got it on. That's my woman. And what? Exactly. Confident and secure. Do your thing, boo. Do your thing. Um, <laughs> so Rihanna, Sierra, we love our FYF women at Match Mary Mate. But Sierra is constantly praising Russell for how good of a dad he is. Like I can, mm -hmm. I never tire of those kind of videos. And I just love hearing a Black wife and a mother speak so highly of her husband as a father. So mm -hmm. I just have to say, shout out to the Wilsons. Congrats yes. on the baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. Congratulations to them. So, of course, y'all, this is magical. <laughs> Where's our heart? Yes, we got hearts. <laughs> I'm giving you my little portion of lover girl archetype that I have. This is definitely a swoon worthy story. <laughs> okay, so where are we going with Sierra's archetype? Do you know or are we guessing? I don't know, uh, but I want to guess. I, she gives me mother energy. That's what I'm guessing. Mother. I'm going to guess mother. Because I, I just feel like she's such a nurturer, even in the way, like you just said, how she is always encouraging and uplifting um, Russell and how he shows up as a father and as a husband. And it just seems like you could just go and sit with Sierra and you could just feel good after leaving. So I'm going to give her mother energy. <laughs> about to have four babies, not for nothing. <laughs> Listen, not for nothing. I, I could go with mother. I'll give her that. Or a mother queen, and I couldn't decide. I was thinking queen too. I was I was caught between queen and mother. Um, I didn't say queen because I don't see as much like strategy as I would imagine is involved in queen. Yeah, I would say queen mother, but mother mm -hmm. sign or mother queen. Mother, mother queen. queen. Yeah, I could go with mother queen. Yeah. Okay. So our next memorable moment of 2023 was in September, Tyler Perry and his light bill comment in the Keep It Positive Sweetie podcast with Crystal Renee Hazlett. Oh boy, this was another one that prompted me to make a whole blog post. When I'm feeling the <laughs> things, my little op-ed <laughs> blog posts are going to come out <laughs> when things are extremely outrageous and I have something to say. So I had some things to say about Tyler. Um, his comment for me, so essentially he said that Black women uh, need to learn to be okay. He could be okay with a man who could only pay the light bill. As long as he is treating you well and he's showing up, then we need to learn to be okay with that. And this was just frustrating to me because uh, it's another person, particularly uh, this is a man, not a woman, but this is a, a person, a man, an unmarried man, an unmarried black man who has not covered any woman in any way, <laughs> you know, through the institution of marriage, telling other black women what they should be okay with. He's also a billionaire. And through a billionaire's lens, Money is not an issue, right? Like, you know, he's giving away money at this point. It's not an issue. You don't have to make your decisions through the lens of, you know, financial strain. So, of course, you can say, you know, don't take this thing, this this financial thing into consideration when you're choosing a partner. You have the flexibility and the privilege, if you will, to be able to say that, right? So it's problematic in a number of ways. Um, additionally, 
What I've noticed in our community that's so frustrating is that Black women are often told to compromise one of the primary things that, you know, one of the primary functions of masculinity, protection and provision. We're often told that we should be okay sacrificing and compromising that. But what I never hear being told to Black men is that they should be okay sacrificing one of the primary functions of femininity, which is nurturing. So have we ever heard a Black man being told, if that woman can't nurture you and love you and take care of you and your children, you should be okay with that. As long as she just shows up and and brings home the bacon, if she can't love and nurture and provide a safe emotional uh, space for you and your children, be okay with that. No one ever says that to them, but we are constantly being told to overlook, you know, these primary functions of masculinity. Wow. <laughs> Not you taking the the key tenant on the other side and assessing if that messaging has also dominated on the other side. Yeah, let's be consistent here. Yeah, nobody says that. And in fact, that is why people, well, men, that is why men want women. They want the nurture. They want the caretaker. Mm -hmm. I would say even for themselves, but even if they were willing to sacrifice it for self, they definitely want it for their children. Right, right. They never ask to do that. But for us, it's always, you know, struggle. Be okay with the struggle. And we need to just, I would just love to see people elevate their messaging in terms of what's required of Black family, Black men. That's my feminist coming out. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to live in a world where when topics of dating and relationships and marriage come up, men address men and women address women. Mostly, mainly. Yeah, there is a small (laughs) space where you know, you can crisscross it. You can go to the other side. But Mm -hmm. as a woman, I largely and mostly speak to, as a Black woman, I largely and mostly speak to Black women because I am talking about how to own your own personhood and womanhood Mm -hmm. inside of a relationship and out, but also how to understand and navigate what it means to partner with, join up with, relate with male life. I can do that because I know that experience. Mm -hmm. Is there some value in um, a man speaking to giving women game on how men think and operate in terms of male life and nature? Yes. But when women are thinking about dating and relationships, majority they should go okay I need to be listening to women what are women saying about how to navigate men what are women saying about how to be partner how to do these things and that is not so like a man talks about dating and and relationships and gets both men and women and usually Mm -hmm. when he's talking about it he's talking directly to women it's like no bro talk to talk to your peeps Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
everybody is bros before hoes until it's time to talk man to man in a community mm-hmm. space. Right. So I would have loved it if he would have directed his messaging at men. I don't know what he would have said to them. Mm-hmm. I would have been curious to find out. But right. I would have loved for him to say, as a Black man, I am going to speak directly to Black men in terms of action to take. I'm not saying you can't speak to the whole community at large or even specifically to Black women at times where it serves, but just with the action. And I don't know that anybody does that as a direct intentional act other than Dr. Umar Johnson. He has no problem going As a Black man, I'm speaking to the men about the action and the leadership and the change that needs Mm -hmm. to take place that is on our side. And every so often he'll be like, all right, sisters, I need you to da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But that's in an effort to get some type of harmony or camaraderie um, Mm -hmm. with what he's telling the Black men, what he's charging Black men with doing. And not that we need a credential for every little single thing. I do believe Mm -hmm. that a lived experience is valuable. However, I don't know how certain men who have no relationship experience in what they're talking about, no marriage experience in what they're talking about sometimes, or the marriage experience that they do have is not consistent with the kind of marriage experience that they're preaching about, who have no credential, no education. Just very little. Just talking. Just, there you go, Kaidi. Just talking. <laughs> and they say it be women. Just, oh, never mind. Just talking. Yep. And in this conversation for me, between you and I, when this all happened, prompted me to make a post on social media about tuning out the noise because everyone has an opinion and everyone has a platform on social media. To, to, to essentially give out their opinions, not the facts, but we are taking these facts, especially as women, we're so, I want to say for lack of a better term, desperate to get information and to figure out how to do relationships that we're listening to anybody. Wow. <laughs> and these people may not have, they may not share our values for one. Uh, they may not share, they don't share our background um, they have no professional, you know, training, as you said, but yet they're giving their opinions and essentially projecting. That's what they're doing is they're projecting their life experiences onto us. And what that can lead to is like a secondary trauma. If we're looking from a negative lens, if someone tells you about all of their nests, their bad things that have happened, you know, and, and, and they're advising you based off of the bad things that have happened to them. Now you're internalizing that trauma that doesn't belong to you. So we really have to be careful about who we're taking in and who we're giving. What do you say? Who, who we're giving access to our portals. Mm-hmm. Tyler Perry, I don't know that should be he should be one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> and look in terms of relationship advice, like, sir. <laughs> so this brings up something. When we were talking about this, I said, you know what? Instead of coming at it and going, he doesn't have the credential. He doesn't have the relationship experience, which I still Mm -hmm. think is true. And I stand on that soapbox. Mm -hmm. However, I like to get off my soapbox (laughs) and think Mm -hmm. about things in another way. And so I thought, okay, well, what does he have? credential in, either in experience, Mm -hmm. in education, 
what have you, that could be positive or impactful to the Black community. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. and I went back and forth with some things, but I think the thing that we liked the most was wealth. You could have, he could have spoke Mm -hmm. about wealth from a sense of give us a little game that we don't know. Now, maybe you can't give billionaire games to, you know, the working class, I realize that, but you could, you know, give us a little something Mm-hmm. That could have impacted our life or at least caused us to go read a book, to think differently, mm-hmm. whatever it could have been. And mm-hmm. you actually could have gave that message directly to Black men. But I would have been okay if he would have gave, you know, the messaging to the Black community at large. Or you're, you're given a tip about um, what to do if you're trying to make it in this particular industry. Mm-hmm. Just anything where you have clout and credibility where I can go say to someone else, Tyler Perry said, and mm-hmm. it would be taken seriously. But when I say yes. Tyler Perry said, and it was relationships, I surveyed <laughs> a lot of Black men in my community after me and you had that conversation. And the minute okay. I said Tyler Perry said, they was like, oh, you can stop right there. Tyler Perry can't <laughs> tell me nothing but how to get rich. Right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm not listening to Tyler Perry say nothing about anything else. And right. I was like, wow. So, um, and then I even had one Black man say, oh, well, that sounds like something. That sounds like women's work. Where you just sit and listen to what somebody got to say about something, though you know they have no credential in what they're talking about. And I was like, mm-hmm. Lord. Hey, I mean, I wouldn't have put it like that, but he's not lying. He ain't wrong. This he ain't wrong. <sighs> I, and you know, it's funny. This is interesting timing. I literally like two days ago, just watched the Tyler Perry documentary, Maxine's Baby, mm-hmm. where it basically talks about his childhood on up until him opening Tyler Perry Studios and whatnot. And I was actually quite inspired from that as a creative. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to listen to the things that Tyler Perry says in terms of being a creative and turning your creativity into an empire. But I'm not going to listen to what Tyler says in terms of relationship. Like, and you said we, it would be nice to have him have talked about X, Y, Z. Okay. He can, he can talk about whatever he wants to talk about. Right. We all have a voice and have our opinion, but it's on us. And we say this to your listeners, Joyce, it's on us to decide what we give attention to and what we decide to internalize. So let that be our charge. Tyler Perry and all the other men are gonna have their opinions and they're gonna share them, but are we going to give that our attention? That's the question. And on that note, this was messy. You need to leave. (laughs) That was messy. (laughs) Ebony K. Williams then made it on the list twice in one year. She's had a busy year, boy. She's been talking. She's been talking. We got on Tyler Perry and the men were just talking and we walked right into Ebony Williams and her advice on the Mrs. Degree. Essentially, Ebony was on the grill and she stated that Black women now need to direct their um, their intention in college and their focus in college to finding the man and getting the MRS degree as opposed to giving so much a focus to getting the actual educational degree. And she said that this is essentially what white women have been doing for years. They go to college to find a partner and a spouse and black women need to be taking a page out of white women's books, (laughs) which is so problematic in and of itself to 
tell black people they need to be doing things like white people in any way shape or form like I, that's that's just wholly problematic y'all i was minding my good black girl business and kaya texted me this clip and i immediately responded back oh kaya that was bad in reality <laughs> sure but the messaging was all off and she gave lots of men ammo that we did not need them to have. That was my initial reaction to the Mrs. Degree Advice clip. Right. Heidi, what was yours? Essentially what she is telling women to do is to throw caution to the wind in terms of their own sense of agency and their own sense of um protection and safety right so when we are able to to provide for ourselves when we have that option then that provides a sense of safety that we're not trapped into marriages or relationships that are not good for us or that har- that are harmful to us because we're relying on the man financially and so i think by telling women to divert their focus to getting the the, the mrs degree um we're leaving out uh, we're leaving out some level of covering that we need to we need to consider, right? Education and finances are kind of fundamental. And so I don't think that a woman needs to be told to make a man the focus of any aspect of her life. Now, do we need to consider the value of youth and choosing a partner and all of that? Sure. Do we need to have some balance? Sure, because we don't want to um, find ourselves at, you know, whatever age without options. But to say that should be the focus, I don't like it. I don't like it, Ebony. <laughs> the focus in college. Right. <laughs> You're still so young. So I had the opportunity. I started school, college, undergrad um, at an HBCU. And then Katrina came. <laughs> so we had to do school uh, most of my Um, most of the students there had to end up doing school somewhere else. So the second half of my collegiate experience was at a PWI. So I had parts HBCU, PWI, and let me tell you, it is different. I didn't know what a Mrs. degree was until I got on that campus, (laughs) (laughs) at that PWI campus. And those white girls were, it was a thing. Like the way that we look at Bridgerton and Swoon, like okay, it, it they're gonna they're they're gonna start the season and everybody's getting ready because they know what it means to be out in society. They were like that. They started the school year as a prepping ground. I mean, mm-hmm. August September, it was amazing, so that they could be married by spring break. I mean, be engaged by spring break. Mm-hmm. I never saw anything like that on the HBCU campus that I went to. Girls were not (laughs) occupied with how do I make sure I have a ring by spring? Like Mm -hmm. those things did not even exist. So I know what Ebony was speaking to, but I think it was a culture mismatch. I'm like, well, you're taking what you see white women do and projecting it on to Mm -hmm. black women or black women who would be um, college age and mm-hmm. trying to give them direction and inspiration from that place. And it's like, well, but that's not, first of all, that's not the messaging that they're getting growing up, but it's also not the messaging that um, their male counterparts are getting. So they're gonna do all that work 
from September mm-hmm. <laughs> to March and have no ring in April. Right. Because that's not how the Black community is set up. Now, I have lots of things to say about what I what I um, would call the mixed messaging and how we socialize Black girls and how we socialize Black boys. Because mm-hmm. putting white people aside because they are not the standard and that is not what we should be using for how to tell our children how to navigate any part of life. Right. But there is within our own community a mixed message with how we socialize Black sons and how we socialize mm-hmm. Black daughters to the mm-hmm. degree that there is a wide gap in educational attainment, in career acumen and earning prowess, as mm-hmm. well as a quote unquote desire for marriage. And I spoke a little bit about that um, in the um, Marriage is a Cultural Norm episode. You're going to hear a little bit more in a couple of weeks uh, with season three coming out. So I won't get on my soapbox here, but going back to to Ebony, I don't think you can take one culture, project it onto another as a right. way for navigating and you taught them nothing else. Right. Like, so if, so if I was a young woman and I heard that, okay, I'm going to try to look for my husband in school. I'm on campus and I'm trying to make one of these men be my husband. And freshman year goes by and sophomore year goes by. And the closer I get to senior year and it's not happening now, what? You gave these mm-hmm. women no skills, no tools, no tips mm-hmm. but to just tell them, try to land your husband before you graduate. And and not only did you not give the tools or the tips, but we're also looking at just the sheer numbers. If Black women are outnumbering Black men in college, I, I don't know if it's one to seven, but the numbers are completely off, right? If Even if they did all set their sights on, I'm going to come out with the Black man, you know, on my arm and the MRS degree, numerically, it's not even possible, right? So you're inciting this fear among Black women that, you know, her point was that as you go age, as you age and go up in age, your dating market value goes down. So you better find your person when you're young and in college because your value is going to go down and it's going to be harder to find someone as you get older. So you're sending this message that Our value goes down as we age. You better focus on finding the man. When the men aren't even there, if we're talking the Black community, they're not even there. And you're not really giving them the tools to to know how to go on and do it. I would say that most Black men in that season of their life aren't even ready for marriage. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And those who do usually have much higher marital stress and sometimes that stress leads to the dissolution of the marriage and sometimes it Mm. survives it but with so much bumps and bruises um i love to use kev on the stage and mrs kev on the stage here because he openly speaks about how immature he was how not ready he was how he couldn't believe that melissa da 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 and she talks about never in a way that shames him or humiliates him or emasculates him, but she has Mm -hmm. no problem saying, you know, I'm glad it worked out for me. We all know Mm -hmm. what that means, you know, and she's Mm -hmm. saying, I'm glad it worked out in terms of his maturation as a man and his emotional maturity and availability, but also on the finance side, she was holding it down Mm -hmm. financially for a while more. It seems more than what she was comfortable or getting to her breaking point. And it sounds like she was not just holding it down financially, but like in the lane of adulting. Like you mm-hmm. were being an adult 
in many ways that your husband had not quite arrived. Mm -hmm. And while I'm, I, I love their marriage, I believe it's blessed. I'm thankful for them and their story. We shouldn't find young Black brides or young Black women to go through that in order to have the financial security and the emotional maturity and the mm -hmm. adulting that should come right. on the onset of being a partner. Messy. <laughs> you need to leave. You ain't even let me ask. <laughs> messy. <laughs> okay, we've had two messies in a row and we've had two messy ebony stories. So it's mm -hmm. time for some positive energy. <laughs> so we're moving to our fall segment with Carrie Washington, her 10 year anniversary and latest memoir. This girl was busy this year. So mm. first, I'm going to celebrate Nambi and Carrie for a whole decade of marriage. In a climate of marital indifference and gender wars, some stories we've even tapped on in this episode, I always want to celebrate Black couples who have great partners, who choose marriage and maintain marital satisfaction and longevity. So happy 10 years to Nambi and Carrie. Happy 10 years. They got married in 2013. And so when they mm -hmm. got married in 2013, you know how we are. We're all like, okay, let this be. Fingers crossed, let this be something. So to see them get to 10 years really is amazing. And I know, Kaidi, we've mentioned it with other couples in this show, and we just value it as Black women. But that is having a, a partner who lets you be the artist, lets you be the mm -hmm. performer, the singer, the show. And he has mm -hmm. absolutely has absolutely done that. So in an unintentional way, one event starting to form with my clients and I, or at least the band of us who love a good memoir, is a collective read between us where the author and her story become like the cornerstone of how we relate. So last year it was Viola Davis's Finding Me memoir. And this year it's Thicker Than Water by Carrie Washington. I think this trend emerged with like some combination of FYF woman and then there's a lesson inside the Match Mary Mate course that asks women to identify their own extended circle of Black women who represent what they want. And usually, you know what we go for. We're looking for a Black woman who has like the lifestyle of the career and a marriage that we consider admirable or quote unquote relationship goals. But I don't really use that term that much either. Mm -hmm. Or just swoon worthy. I love a good swoon. So last year we swooned at Julius love for Viola. And this year it's Nandi and Carrie. Her book isn't about her marriage, though she does mention it. But I think what sold my clients and me is the fact that she just has a really good love story. So mm -hmm. Carrie Washington, y'all, read the memoir. It's like such an authentic and descriptive story that I feel like any Black woman, any adoptee, even though technically speaking, she isn't adopted, but she learns that she has like a donor parent. Um, and any, I think, artist or performer could relate and appreciate. And so I had to include it on the list. Now, after you read the book, y'all got to go watch the Oprah interview. I love a good Oprah interview. And just listen to how this woman speaks about her husband, mm. but also on how Oprah has, um, how Oprah testifies to how he speaks about her. It's just beautiful. Um, at one point, Oprah refers to them as each other's spiritual partners. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not a crier. And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. 
I wasn't crying, but I, I got a little choked up. So Rihanna, Sierra, Carrie, mm -hmm. we love to see Black women loved correctly and fully by Black men, I think in general, mm -hmm. but even more so when the woman is occupying more of the the face or the bigger personality or having the bigger right. career or aspiration. So we love y'all and y'all husbands. <laughs> <laughs> love it. So do we think this is magical or messy? Magical! <laughs> magical! A 10-year love story, two babies, finding mm -hmm. out one of your parents isn't your biological parents and somehow getting through the rise and, and fame of scandal and still mm. keeping everything intact and yeah. loving on each other and showing up for each other. We're going to call that black magic. Wow. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about all of that. I didn't, I didn't know. So she has a biological parent or she has a parent that wasn't her biological. And she found that out later on in, in life. Maybe like maybe five years ago, she found out wow. that her father, well, was that not she was conceived through donor sperm. Okay, yeah. So that brings about a whole identity crisis, potentially, right? Listen, and her husband yeah. was available to help support her through it. But I mean, her parents yeah. are so awesome. They did too. You got to watch the interview, girl. <laughs> what do we think her archetype is? I know. This one is the most... I think she's a mystic. I think I could see that. I could see that because I'm going through. I don't see lover. I don't see huntress. I would give Carrie Mother Mystic. Mystic Mother? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. One of those. Okay. All right, y'all. Carrie was not the only Black woman who dropped a book in the fall of 2023. <laughs> so next we have Jada Pinkett Smith. But this is less about her book and more about her oversharing during her book tour. And Katya's going to take <laughs> us away from <laughs> what she's right. calling the Smiths and their no matter what marriage. <laughs> right. So... So much happens. So much has happened between the Smiths. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. From August Alcina to Jada's commentary about, you know, Will slapping Chris and, you know, what she had to say about that. To then Tupac being her soulmate. <laughs> Just all of the things. So much has been said. Um, I initially wanted to say that their the conversation between uh, the conversation about marriage and what it means to kind of be in an unconditional love no matter what type of marriage that that's a good thing that's magical we need to talk about that but we can't deny that the smiths have been so messy <laughs> ever since i'll get out the story about august alcina came out it's just been mess after mess after mess um but our takeaways and and this is where you were kind of teaching me because I am not a wife yet um but you taught me and shared with me kind of how a wife would comport herself when it comes to speaking about her husband publicly y'all know earlier in the show we were talking about how we like Rihanna is this big bold personality and the father of her children doesn't interfere with that, doesn't serve as some thorn in her side because of that. Mm -hmm. Or we fast tracked to Kiki Palmer and the father of her child and how he seemed to want to dim 
her light to a degree and Mm -hmm. not let her operate in the fullness of her personality and just who she is. That nothing Mm -hmm. that we saw was surprising. We all branded it as very much Kiki. And Heidi, you mentioned your affections for how Russell allows, you know, that space. So in the name of that, I feel the same here. Now, if you want to toss up who's the bigger star between Pinkett Smith and Smith, I guess I'll have Mm -hmm. to let you, you know, do that. But maybe a year and some change previous, Mm -hmm. Will did the same thing, wrote a book, had to promote it. You know, mm-hmm. he he gave us all footage about sitting his family down and making sure everybody was comfortable in all the parts. And she didn't right. say anything on her book tour that he didn't already say in the book. For me, it was how she messaged it. Like Ebony, for me, it was okay. nothing was new. Like, yeah, Will said that in the book. I mean, you know, she's given mm-hmm. her perspective and I think that has value. When Will spoke on things or felt like he needed to speak on things, Mm-hmm. She seemed to not have his back with it. It seemed to be that whatever she said in response somehow was conflicting with what he originally said, or it just mm-hmm. hurt their marital repu- um, reputation as a union. And I'm like, well, girl, you need to tell your husband personally that you don't need that protection. And maybe you say that before he did that, but I don't know. Maybe he, just felt the need to say that without her knowing about it. But still, a lot of this felt like closed door conversations, both of them, not just her. A lot of it mm-hmm. felt like closed door conversations. And so what I think I was saying to you was just as a wife, and it might not be possible in every case, but in, in the times where you can make it be so, say things about, well, honey, I didn't need that. Or... That's not what I was looking for or things like that in a private space so that it doesn't seem like you're undercutting him or undermining him. And then the whole Tupac thing, I think you need to create space for your own story. And people have to Mm -hmm. allow for a level of discomfort for that to happen. Carrie Washington does a good job talking about that in her Oprah interview, by the way. But I also think there's a level of respect. So I... If my husband was talking about his full experience and there is some woman in his past that he needs to talk about because it's part of his story, Mm -hmm. fine, right? It can happen. But how you talk about it, how often you talk about it, the level of detail you give when you go into it, and not for nothing, it's not a story we don't already know. So I don't feel like how she presented that was the most becoming like at all. I think we were uncomfortable listening Mm -hmm. to some of it. And I don't think that it painted her husband in a, in a good way. And I think that you should care about how your spouse will look or be perceived when it comes Mm -hmm. to what you will say about your own marriage or about your own romantic life. And I don't think it needed to be drummed back up in the way that it was obviously the book is a memoir. Tupac is going to make the book, but there were some parts where it got uncomfortable and it wasn't just me. Like I was with people and they like, dang, Jada, you're going to keep 
So you're going to keep going. So it's five minutes and you still talking about Tupac. It just got, <laughs> it's like, girl, what you trying to say? But, but, I think, but I think that's her story, right? So as a person who's a writer, the best writing is always fully transparent and honest. And if Tupac was a big, huge presence in her life, you know, that's her truth. And she's she going to write to like pare it down. Um, and Will has even said at different points in there, I think he said in his book that he was like jealous of Tupac in, in more words or less. Like Tupac, even though Tupac was dead and gone, he was a thing in their marriage. So this was true. This is her sharing truth. And I don't know that the my, what I disagree with is how people have vilified her when we don't know the terms of their marriage, but what, what what I do know is that it has been said that they have had an open marriage and that Will is still there. So if he's still there, after all the things that have happened, why are we assuming that she's manipulating and controlling him just because we don't like what she has to say? The way she's been vilified, I don't agree with. I do agree that the things that she said were just messy <laughs> and you know tough to take in knowing that she's a married woman but I don't believe that that she deserves to be vilified for it or that um Will is she is the reasons for Will's demise I, I think Will is a powerful man and can make his own decisions and he's decided to stick by her for whatever reasons that that is no matter what marriage no matter what <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she should be vilified either. I saw a lot of things and I'm like, whoa, now it's not that deep. Like this could be a quick lesson in how to respond publicly when mm -hmm. your partner is present. Because some stuff, like even me doing the podcasting, I'll say, okay, well, I'm going to talk about this. And it won't be, don't say those things. It'll be like, well, don't say that while I'm sitting right here in the recording room with you, right? So we know it's going to make the public, right? but you just don't want it in your face. So there, there was one tour stop. I'm like, this man looked like he got pain in his eyes. I'm sure he knows the story. I'm mm -hmm. sure they even probably talked about it and approve of it. Actually, I'm not sure about that because he was looking... Like maybe she just decided to say some stuff not not agreed upon or that he didn't know she was going to say at some point. So I'm, I don't know about that. But I'm going to take for granted that they have good communication. They talked about it. They had a game plan, what have you. Mm -hmm. But some stuff mm -hmm. is like, you're just not uncomfortable or you should be uncomfortable saying it if the person is present. So I think it right. could be a lesson about the value of someone's presence or just how we are going to respond and relate to each other publicly. And that's all it needed to be. These other yeah. accusations of her, you know, trying to make her be a villain. I, that I thought she's, was she's a narcissist and she, yeah. she's manipulating him and all these things. Like none of us really know what's going on. We don't know. We're we not supposed know. to know. Right. This is not um, our business. I did feel that there were hints of emasculation. I don't know about his demise, but that okay. there were hints of emasculation. Cause I'm like, for example, what were the hints that, that, and that's what we disagreed on. This is what I we disagreed. See, 
I couldn't see where people felt that she was emasculating him. I thought she was just telling her story. No, I felt like, well, maybe not for the same reason. So I don't know why, why other people said that. But okay, what were your I thought it was clear in certain stops. You know, these are all clips and stuff from different stops on their book tour. But I thought it was clear that he was uncomfortable. Mm. That he was like, maybe even in pain or surprised and I'm like why does why does he look like that why is that his reaction did they not talk about this is she going rogue is she like is he just tripping it could have been him mm-hmm. I don't know but my my sense is they talked about this but they talk about everything we know too much <laughs> and she just either wasn't sympathetic to it or perceptive of it didn't care about it or maybe decided to go off script. Those three are my best guesses. And I do think that when you are, I guess, the the star of the show mm-hmm. and you don't consider how what you are saying will impact your partner or you are indifferent or dismissive of it, there is some weakening that occurs on the other side. I think the same the other way, too, we just wouldn't call it emasculation, right? Um, Do you think that Kiki was emasculating, I think his name is Darius, at the Usher show? We don't know his name. <laughs> well, we wouldn't use the word emasculating. But yes, like, he, he, this was an opportunity for you to either keep something private between the two of you, mm-hmm. or if you did make a public statement, you don't make a public statement that would make her look bad or make her feel a type of way. No, they weren't together in the same space. So we don't, we didn't have the luxury, I guess I'm calling it, of seeing the words roll off of his mouth and watching mm-hmm. her bodily impact at the same time. So I, I don't know how, I can't perceive through body language how Kiki withstood that because it didn't happen at the same time okay. unless okay. the words alone yes I feel like that I'm like no you couldn't have said this in private or if you did need to make a public statement you couldn't have said something that didn't make her look bad you're coming at okay. her for being like a bad wife and mom so to speak yeah essentially the word is like publicly shamed her he publicly shamed her you're saying like Jada has publicly shamed Will. I was actually asking something different. If you thought that Kiki's actions of, you know, having the dress on and being up on Usher emasculated Darius. The dress alone? No. The dress and whatever, whatever he was upset about. <laughs> so here's the inside part that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think that if they had a conversation and that was cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think you weaken your partners, insert whatever relevant thing it could be, when you don't consider how they would feel, are indifferent about it, or you go off script. Like we did talk mm-hmm. about this, and, mm-hmm. and but then I got up in this concert and Usher started grinding on me, and I forgot all about you and what I said. Right, 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 for sure. We wouldn't know it, but I feel like that. We only, we know it with the Smiths because they put it all out there for us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're mm-hmm. able to comment. And I, and I still can't speak for Will. I'm just speaking off the body language that I see. I'm like, this man's in pain. This man does not. And we see him acting out. But why does he continue to 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 withstand that pain? Like, if, if he's is in fact 
in as much pain as people think he is. He is a whole grown man with the agency. His kids are grown now. You know, why would he continue to endure that uh, that pain if that's in fact is what's what's because happening? Because they're in the no what matter what marriage. He has made a statement that he going to be by this woman no matter what. And maybe that's giving her some license to be like, well, I don't have to consider how I would act because you're not going anywhere. <laughs> But I, I just I just refuse to believe that he's in this and he's sacrificing all this and there's nothing in it for him. Right. Well, like, I, I, I feel that he has probably done all the things, too. But the people that he's chosen. Right. So August went and, 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 and shared everything with the rest of the world. And then, you know, there is no Tupac, you know, equivalent on the woman end for him. It's just, it was just worse on her end in terms of the people that she chose. But I feel like he's done his stuff too. Maybe he has, but we don't know about it, Kylie. That's the whole point. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying Will Smith is a saint. I'm not saying he's not guilty of everything that she yeah. has done and probably more. I don't know it. Right. Right. But I can't say that about how Jada Pinkett Smith moves. And that's what makes it weird for me. Cause I'm we like, are exactly these just how two? Been doing. <laughs> right. Cause I'm like, well, y'all two are together. Are y'all not talking about this? Why does, why do we not know his stuff? But we know your, it, it, it just yeah. feels odd to me. It's all that mm. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, okay. If we put it that way. Yeah. I, I understand. But I think I know what you're saying. He's not helpless. I don't think he's helpless either. I think he can make moves. She could also have something on him that we don't know about. I don't don't think we should make the mistake of thinking because he's a man, he couldn't be in a compromising situation. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So messy or magical? We're we're going to say obviously messy. It's just Jada. Jada is the messy. No, let me stop. I'm done. I'm done. Messy. Feminine archetype. Where are you going? She's giving me Huntress vibes. That's what she's giving me. Like, she's going to do what she want to do, how she want to do it, and doesn't really care one way or another. That's what she's giving me. I'm seeing a trend here, but, you know. Are you seeing a trend with the Huntress? Mm-hmm. They also say Erica Badu is a Huntress. Messy. <laughs> is it safe to say Joyce based off of what you know you said Huntress is your secondary if you're like all Huntress energy would it be difficult for you to hold down a partnership with the man not you per se but generally speaking yes and I think I say that in my feminine archetype episode Okay, mm-hmm. just like sages that's not easy for sages either right right that's my secondary I have like I have a good balance lover and sage that's a good balance the two balance each other out because too much of one or the other is just problematic (laughs) yeah I agree as we can see with the messies who are showing up on the show today Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right our next memorable moment of 2023 Lori Harvey and dancing interest in their breakup announcement (laughs) and I see your note here (laughs) It was memorable because I think our audience would consider it memorable, but do we care, Joyce, that much? No, this is the story we don't care about, but we know y'all do. (laughs) So I will say that Lori Harvey has become kind of the, the icon, the example 
for many women, I would say millennial women, particularly, I don't know what Gen, is it Gen Z that comes? Gen Z. Gen Z women say, but many millennial women admire the way that she does dating as a woman in her 20s. Uh, but again, celebrities, we don't know their life. So I can't make Lori Harvey and the way she moves my relationship goals. I do like that she is, you know, allowing herself space to experiment with different relationships or different, di just dating different men and not being beholden to one um, and doing what she wants to do, regardless of what other people are saying. But I also don't know, I can't say whether that's working for her or not. Like, I don't know what her goals are. I don't know what she wants as a woman. We don't even know how many of these are actual real relationships because we know that Hollywood does set up, you know, certain relationships just for the sake of publicity. Y'all, when I don't know too much about anything, I like to just identify what I see or use it as a teaching moment. So I'm going to use this as a teaching moment. Kaidi and our private conversations mentioned that one of her lessons from this story is um, for, for women not to put all their eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. And for me specifically, being so close with the pain that Black women experience exiting out of their 20s and still not being partnered, not because mm -hmm. it wasn't available, but because either they spent their time with men who didn't choose them mm -hmm. or they gave too much of the block that is the decade of your 20s to one man. So right. who was the wrong man? Who was the wrong man, right? So for mm -hmm. that reason, I'm going to say one lesson to learn from how Lori is navigating is not to let one man spoil or waste your youth, your beauty, your 20s. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm actually going to say it's magical. And I'm going to say it's magical because I do get the sense that she is in control of her love life. I don't get the sense that she's being controlled by a man, that she's being controlled by society's narrative about her. I think that she's in control of it. So and that is always going to be magical in my mind. You don't think Steve Harvey is pulling some strings somewhere? We don't know. I don't know what but she <laughs> assuming she's a grown woman and that her stepdad or whoever he is to her is not too involved. Lori never talks though, and that's what people are so why they're so intrigued by her because she has this element of mystery. All we know is who she's dating. We don't really know anything about any of it. So it's hard to pin that down, but but she's also just giving maiden energy to me too. I don't know why. Because <laughs> she's young. Because he's young, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just go with what I see. And I would say like Maiden Mystic. She's very mysterious. Okay. Yeah. You don't know what to expect. I mean, at this point, yeah. all we can expect is a breakup announcement. But we don't know when. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's presumably in charge, navigating mm -hmm. how she wants. And I don't know why she's ending these relationships. But I have to believe it's because Something didn't work out to the way that she wanted it. Right. Or she perceives it to not be a good pairing in whatever relationship category, you know, mm -hmm. matters the most to her, is important to right. her. And so there is Provided some, they are real relationships. Provided they're real. We don't know. This is why this is the story know. that we don't care. We don't know enough to even care. But yeah. I'll go with Maiden Mystic. 
Of course, we must close on a high note. So the final story of our 2023 Black Love Wrapped. And the only story for our winter segment is, give it to us, Kaidi. Ashanti and Nelly spinning the block <laughs> and the baby announcement. First, we had to spin the block. Now we have the baby announcement. Personally, I am one who tends to question spinning the block. It has never worked for me. Like if it if it didn't work out, if 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 everything in me said this didn't work out five years ago, 10 years ago, one year ago, it usually doesn't work out the next time around. But that's just me. I'm not going to project my own personal experiences to the listeners or to Nelly and Ashanti. What I think is important is that they seem to be very happy. And Ashanti doesn't have any children. I'm assuming she wanted to be a mother. So now she's going to be a mother. So that's absolutely a win. So this is, we want to call it messy or magical? Spinning the block. I've never done it. Um, I've coached some clients through doing it. And I think I'll say this. If the reason as to why you left the first time, you see evolution and maturation in it now, I'm more inclined to be like, okay, but without it, why? Mm -hmm. But Ashanti seems happy. Nelly's been smiling, except for now people are making, you know, Black Twitter, Black TikTok are now teasing, saying, oh, after that pregnancy announcement, Nelly not smiling no more. <laughs> Why are we oh like gosh. that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but no, they're smiling, they're cheesing, they seem happy. If you are a millennial, we rooted for this love story in our youth. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it brings up nostalgia for us and we love to see a black couple and so for all those reasons plus the baby i'm gonna say right. magical absolutely and what do we think her archetype is uh, because she's been we haven't seen her with a man like really tied to any man since nelly and she kind of gives i'm gonna say huntress because i feel like she gives a lot of um independent energy like even in terms of how she's navigated the Irv Gotti and her music rights and all of that over the years. Um, you know what, Ashanti, girl, you take the crown for being the only huntress on the list who's not messy. <laughs> <laughs> As we were shooting this show, Kaidi saw the baby announcement. Russell and Sierra have made our list again for December with the birth of Amora Princess Wilson. That's her name. Nine pounds, one ounce. Do y'all remember the list? You know, the list of places not to take women on a first date to? That list. <laughs> that story was our honorable mention and it made its own mini-sode. So be sure to check it out too. Next up is season three with the first episode dropping Friday, January 5th. Thank you for joining me today and tuning into another episode of the Match Mary Mate Show. Until our next time together, love, light, and relationship. Remember, we grow as we go, and I'll be with you in the next episode. Cheers. Let's work on that feminine identity in 2024. I now have a trilogy of classes to help you do just that. Monitoring my moods and feels, menstruation magic, and female archetypes. 
You can enroll in each class as a single standalone, or you can purchase them all together as a bundle with the $50 savings. I strongly recommend My Moods and Feels during the first quarter of the year, and your class fee includes my 2024 Moon's Mood and Menstruation Calendar. Grab the bundle for only $117 using the special link in the show notes of this episode or by visiting matchmarymate.com slash begin. want to connect with me live about your dating, relationship, or marriage questions or issues? If the matter does not need privacy, meet me in Clubhouse on selected Tuesdays and Fridays to join the stage and chat with me. If the issue is sensitive or private, I invite you to book a one-on-one awareness call with me. We all need a little TLC and I am here for it. Here's what you want to do. Visit matchmarymate.com Click work with me and book your individual call. I cannot wait to meet you in the Zoom room, honey.